This is Cover Story, a podcast where we take apart the song covers we love and take a deep dive into the stories behind them. And I'm Stephanie Shanikan. Wind Beneath My Wings began as a love song, and it still is. Jeff Silber and Larry Henley wrote it in 1982 and offered it up to several artists like Colleen Hewitt and Gladys Knight and the Pips. But when Bette Midler begrudgingly sang it for the movie Beaches, it became a song about death and what it does to those who still live. It's a ballad that especially resonates with people who lost loved ones to the 9-11 attacks in 2001. But grief and love are universal. This song took on new meaning when Eddie and Gerald Levert covered it in 1995. Their version of the song is a touching tribute between father and son. Inspired by the gospel music often found in the black church, it's an intimate glimpse into black fatherhood. Heather Gray is my guest this episode. She is the Director of Administrative Services for the University of Maryland's College of Arts and Humanities, where I serve as Dean. Heather and I met shortly after my move to UMD. And it wasn't long before I found a friend in her. It happens quickly among music lovers. Heather remembers her own father when she hears Wind Beneath My Wings. In this conversation, we debate these two versions of the song and what it means to cherish our lost loved ones by living out their legacy. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Heather Gray, to my little podcast cover story with moi, Stephanie Shanikan. And um, when I first arrived here at the University of Maryland, of course, I met the whole team. And my journey was to get to know each member of the team and see, you know, who, who they were, what they were about. And as soon as you and I found out that we enjoyed music <laughs> and kind of the same kind of, of, of music, I was I was in, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Heather, can you kind of estimate how many concerts you've been to? Oh, wow. Uh, probably, uh, I do at least four or five a year. Goodness. Um, <laughs> maybe 50. Oh, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And will you say there's a certain genre that you typically go to? Any type of music. Mm-hmm. I, I love music, so I go to gospel, jazz, mm-hmm. any type of music festival. Mm-hmm. Afro Latino mm-hmm. festivals. I just love music. Mm-hmm. Clearly, and so when I was thinking about the people I wanted to talk to this season, you were top of my list. I was like, I want to see what Heather wants to talk about on this show. So, what song did you choose, Heather? So, first, thank you for having me. Of course. And the song I chose is "Wind Beneath My Wings." And the song is, of course, by Bette Midler and Gerald and Eddie Levert. 
Yes. Correct? Yes. And there are other versions, but these are the two yes. that we'll talk about. And I have to say, when I asked you just casually in the hall, if I were to have you on the show, what you would choose, and you, you immediately came up with, with that song. Yes. Why? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the song has great meaning for me. It makes me think of my father, who um, passed away in 2000. And it, every time I hear the song, it's a very emotional song mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I know it's been covered many times mm-hmm. in many different ways. But uh, Bette Midler's version and Eddie Levert's version, mm-hmm. Eddie Gerald and Eddie mm-hmm. Levert's version, are the two that are, um, stand out the most yeah, to me. absolutely. You are the wind beneath my wings. I have to say that when you chose the, this song and these two versions, I was delighted because just that week I had been talking with my husband, Tamiwa, um, about the new season, and I was like, oh, I wish someone would choose the wind beneath my wings because every time I hear it, it stops me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically listen to the, I think I've got the um, Gerald Levert and Eddie Levert version on one of my playlists. Um, and every time it comes up in the in the shuffle, it makes me think of my own, not my father, but my mother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think of my, my brother, both of whom have, have, have lost. And so, um, it's it's a great song, and I'm so glad that you chose it. But but let's let's lay out the foundation. So, Bette Midler um, sang the song in Beaches, yes, um, and she sings it um, about the the sort of loss of a friend, you know. So mm-hmm. honestly, it can transcend different kinds of relationships. You are content to let me shine. That's your way. You always behind. So it came out in 1988, and it was originally written by Jeff Silber and Larry Henley. They, they thought that a lot of artists might cover it, but Midler's um, version was, was the one that really hit. She then brings it back in 2001 after 9-11. So it makes sense that it would be a song that would really hit for um, what happened in 2001 during the um, tragedy and the the awfulness of 9-11. But before she brings it back in 2001, in 1995, Mm -hmm. Eddie and Gerald Levert, a father and son, cover it. Of course, we all know Eddie from the OJs, Um, love love that group. Gerald, one of his sons, his middle son, yes. um, Gerald has his own career as a, an outstanding singer. And so um, Eddie and Gerald then cover it as a father and son duo um, in 95. By this time, Gerald has gone solo um, from his group, Levert. 
and um, you know he he has duos with people like Patti LaBelle and, and and so on. So there's a certain um, quality to Gerald's um, voice that yes. comes through. So let's talk about these two versions. Um, what is it about the song that really makes you think of of your father? What is it about the lyrics, about the melody? Um, why this song? Because it could have been any other song, you know, Luther Vandross, Dance With My Father. It's mm-hmm. another great one. Um, but why this song? Well, Luther's song is another one that gets mm-hmm. me to. It does. But this song, um, very complicated start in life. Um, started out life in a group home foster care situation and was later adopted by my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they were already retirement age and they were from the South and had migrated to Pennsylvania. Very hardworking parents. My father made sheet metal for a living. Um, very quiet man, very stoic. Never once in my life did I hear him say the words, I love you. Mm. but showed me Mm. repeatedly. Mm. But as a child, I didn't understand Mm -hmm. what that was, Mm -hmm. what that looked like. And not just my father. It's just not something that was said in the house. It was just very um, old school, Mm -hmm. um, old fashioned Mm -hmm. upbringing. You work hard and, you know, so not really understood as a child. But he did a lot of things for a little girl who didn't necessarily understand where she fit into the world. Um, In between races, I'm biracial. Mm -hmm. Um, Being adopted, being, you know, fitting into this environment. Um, He did a lot of things that I did not recognize that were done out of love Mm -hmm. um, without saying the words, I love you. Mm I didn't realize that really until I was an adult. I didn't realize it when Bette Midler's version came out. That version at that time um, was more so related to the movie Mm -hmm. and the friendships that the women shared. Mm -hmm. But when I heard Eddie and Gerald Levert sing it, and when Gerald Levert says, Daddy, 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 Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm Mm-hmm. It hit me. To go but daddy, 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 I've got it all what my father has shown me my whole life without ever saying the words. So, and so it always takes me back mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Eddie and Gerald had that um, strong father-son relationship and the video of the song that, yes. that, that they do shows you this connection between Gerald's childhood mm-hmm. and his adulthood, right? And what you said about not knowing what the love was when you were a child, like you knew you were safe, mm-hmm. you knew you were loved or cherished, but you didn't hear the words. Um, in the video, we see like a young Gerald watching mm-hmm. his dad on, on TV. So daddy, I remember you up on the stage singing your song, singing your song Trying to copy him, you know, and, and his dad coming home from all the tours that the OJs must have 
have had. And um, and young Gerald and his brothers are kind of watching and um, and learning, you know, on the side. And then as they become um, adults, Eddie says, you know, I'm so proud of where you are now. Mm -hmm. um, and so it speaks to the trajectory of the child from child to adult, um, and the the endurance of protection yes. and lessons from the father to, to the son. Um, I sometimes wonder how, like why they chose that song, you know, and what was the thinking behind that song that they chose. Um, but I'm glad that they chose it because they, yes, they, they do an, an incredible job. Um, Heather, I want to step back a little bit and ask how you came into music. I always had a love for music. Mm -hmm. Music, and a lot of times um, when there was maybe confusion mm -hmm. in my life or um, I was trying to figure my way out as a young girl, music was a place of peace for me. Mm -hmm. um, and music has always, like through my life, I can always relate music to what was going on in my life at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and what music I was into at the time and what a song means to me. If we think about the version of Wind Beneath My Wings by the Leverts, mm -hmm. um, there's so much gospel church um, features yes. in the way that they do it. Can you speak to like what they do with the song, like what they do with the ad-libs, um, the way that they sing? Um, does that come from the black church? I think so. I think there's um, a lot of emotion and there's a lot of, um, I feel the song when they sing it. Um, there's something that kind of like just reaches deep down in you and grabs you. And to me, gospel music still does that for me too. Mm -hmm. um, the ad-libs, the, the, the riffs. Mm -hmm. Even just the tone, the gruffness of mm -hmm. their voice, they're just singing from um, such, to me, such a deep right. place. Right. Um, and it's not that that Midler's doesn't ha isn't beautiful, right. right? It is. It is beautiful as well. It's just a, a different aesthetic. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. How would you characterize Bette Midler's version? So her version is very calm and very um, smooth, very mm -hmm. soothing. Mm -hmm. um, and like in, you know, in the movie, she had lost her friend. Mm -hmm. And you know, was expressing the gratitude and things she had for her friend. I do wish that she had expressed that while her friend was still here. Mm. Um, but it is a very, it's, it's more of a soothing mm -hmm. song, and it, I don't, I don't receive the same feeling from the song. Um, but it is a very, it's a very nice version mm -hmm. of the, of the of song, course. very of good version of the song. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something that she does in the song that the Leverts don't do. It's towards the end where she says, fly, fly, fly. What do you think of that, that piece? I like that piece. I think um, 
even though you know she's saying her friend was the wind beneath her wings, it's almost like she's telling her friend mm-hmm. fly, mm-hmm. to fly at that mm-hmm. time. You know, it's kind of you're free. Go. Mm-hmm. You're, please mm-hmm. fly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I, um, I like that she does that at mm-hmm. the end. And maybe the Leverts can't because at that point they yes. they're both there. They're right? both there. They're both there. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Erin Hay. Some of our favorite moments at KBIA come from producing conversations just like these. The ones that make you pause, laugh, and wonder. And this fall, we're releasing brand new episodes of our award-winning podcast, including Cover Story, High Turnout, Wide Margins, and our newest show, Canned Peaches. You can find this Cover Story episode and more online at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon. Let's get back to our conversation with Heather Gray. We're talking about the Bette Midler song, Wind Beneath My Wings. We're going to go there. We're, we're going to talk about, you know, what death does to us. You know, like this song, I think, allows us to think about that. You know, mm-hmm. what is the what are the effects when we lose someone that we love? Mm-hmm. Um, you are the wind beneath my wings. Um, I, I may not have told you this, but you are the wind. You know, like yes. it's it's a reflection of the one who has remained. Yeah. Um, so talk about that. Talk about how it affected you and your thoughts about your dad. Were you able to talk to him about your memories of how he had given you so much and so on before he died? Were you able to come to that moment? So before my father died, he had um, developed dementia. And um, as I said, my father did not talk. Mm -hmm. He was not a person who talked. But when he developed dementia, he became this person that told these colorful, colorful stories really? of growing up in the South in the 20s, in the 30s. Um, and so it became more where we had conversations where he would tell me these stories, how he fell in love with my mother and how they danced. And mm-hmm. not really conversations about me growing mm-hmm. up or things like that. That was not his frame of reference mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so we didn't have those conversations, mm-hmm. but I did start telling him, I love you mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I had had my daughter um, the same year that the song was released. Oh, wow. And he was v- very different mm-hmm. with my daughter, mm-hmm. especially um, he was in a nursing home mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And his interaction with her was very affectionate mm-hmm. and so I saw him in a very different way that way mm-hmm. and even though I was saying I love mm-hmm. you he still wasn't saying it back but I could feel it mm-hmm. I could always feel mm-hmm. it um, so after he passed and things were happening in life and each time it would just be like you know how, how do you do this how do you get through this and I'll say, you know, that's Willie Clyde Gray right there. That's Willie Clyde Gray. Mm-hmm. That's why I can do it. And I still want my dad to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. I always feel like he sees everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And I still want him to be proud of mm-hmm. me. He didn't say the words, I love you, 
He also never said a harsh word to me. Mm. He never disciplined me, right. not not physically, no physical discipline, mm-hmm. not a harsh word, just very even mm-hmm. keel, very calm person. The one time I remember um, I got a bad grade on my report card. He was always so proud to sign my report card, mm-hmm. straight A's, and I got a bad grade. He refused to sign my report card. I was devastated. Oh, wow. I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> but that was the extent of... Um, him showing he was upset. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and I'm, it was because he wanted you to be to be great. He, yes, mm-hmm. he knew what I could do, mm-hmm. and I hadn't done it, and he was disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I carry that now, yeah. even right now, twenty plus years after he passed. When I do things and I make decisions, mm-hmm. I still think, Daddy, I want you to be proud mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and. It's, it drives me, it motivates me, and I it, I reference my daughter too because I realized I want to be that for her, mm-hmm. and I want to tell her mm-hmm. yeah, so she hears it. Mm-hmm. But I also want her to look at me mm-hmm. and say, you know, Mom, you've been the wind beneath mm-hmm. my wings. Mm-hmm. There's something about the generation of our parents. So my mm-hmm. mother who raised me was West Indian, also very stoic, you mm-hmm. know, didn't say I love you while I was growing up. I hardly ever heard that. But she gave so much to all four of us. I have had three siblings. One of them has passed. Um, And we remember how she she wasn't like lovey-dovey, touchy-feely, but um, she really put so much into us that we knew it was love. You know, we knew it was love. Um, But I think that generation of black parents, and I can't speak for all black parents, but mm-hmm. it sounds like your dad and my mom were, were similar in their styles. Um, never raised a hand against us, um, but wanted us to do well in school and mm-hmm. pushed us. Um, and and so your dad passed about 20 years ago, right? Just over 20? Yes. And mine, my mother passed two years ago, and I just, oh. yeah, I just felt... Um, and but by that time, a little of the dementia had set in, um, and she, but she had started saying "I love you" to my mm-hmm. children. You know, she was very affectionate. She had grown much more affectionate in her older age. Um, so yeah, just I just think there's so many parallels between um, our our experiences. Even though mm-hmm. I grew up on the other side of the world, you know, yeah. uh, but the, but there's something about black parents. All parents, most likely, but you know, speak from you and I, mm-hmm. black parents who want, who know that the world is stacked up against them, and therefore want us to succeed against those odds, right? Yes. Um, I think that's that's so beautiful. Um, and why this, why the Levert version gets me every time is that we know that. Um, Gerald and, Le- and Eddie sang this song many times. It became like a Father's Day anthem, yes. right? Um, just a, a really wonderful um, version. They add on the last verse where they really go back and forth, and it's a new verse. It's, it's not in Bette Midler's version. But then, um, but then we know that Gerald Levert died in 2006, mm-hmm. um, which... Um, really al- always gets me when I hear the song and I wonder what Eddie thinks as a parent who lost a child mm-hmm. um, 
what he thinks when he's listening to back to this song. Um, what do you think about? Um, so we'll we'll go back because we haven't really talked a lot about Bet's version. Yeah. Um, I know we've said it's a it's a pretty song. It's a uh-huh. it's a lovely song. Um, what do you think of Bet Midler's voice? You know, very musical theater. Yeah, I think um, yes. Musical theater, but there's a clarity to her voice. Clarity is good. Is good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, very smooth. Calming. Mm-hmm. Very calming. Um, even though she's singing about the loss of someone. Right. Um, it doesn't make me sad. Mm-hmm. It only made me sad when I listened to the song and watched the movie mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if I listen to the song without the movie. It's a pretty song. It's mm-hmm. a pretty song. Mm-hmm. But again, her she has a wonderful voice mm-hmm. and but more of a uh, movie soundtrack mm-hmm. type voice yeah. for me yeah yeah produced yeah very produced and the Leverts are performance kind of yes mm-hmm. okay so Heather every time I do this show mm-hmm. I say to my guest you know there's a there's a continuum mm-hmm. of um, 1 to 100 mm-hmm. and we're going to give a certain amount to one version and then the rest to the other version and sometimes we come out with 50 50 you mm-hmm. know but i'm gonna let you think about that what would you give bet midler's version um and again we know it was for the film she came back and did it for 9 11 um around that time mm-hmm. it's it mm-hmm. it was like a a, a, a re remake of mm-hmm. of uh, of the song and then we've got the um, the Gerald and Eddie Levert version. How would you divide it up be- between Bette Midler and the Leverts? So, for me, it's going to be the Leverts. <laughs> um, Bette, Bette Midler's version, again, is a very, very nicely done. Very nicely done. But that raw emotion I feel with the Leverts um, and that just that song lyrical conversation between a father and a son um this resonates with me so i'm gonna give it and also with bit miller coming back after 9 11 mm-hmm. deliverance had already done it I know, so i was already true. locked in <laughs> um i'm gonna give it like 80 20. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think I think be- because of all the um, the narrative that you've shared with with us that connects the song to your own experience. Yeah. I get it. Eight, 80 sounds right. Um, 80 for the Leverts and 20 for Bette Midler. Um, you know, I'm not mad at that. I would probably do 60 40. You okay. know, I just I just have a, a thing for um, I love movies, first of all, mm-hmm. so I, I love songs in movies that we can make the connection. And I also think that when someone originates a song, um, that yeah, we should give them a little, mm-hmm. a, a little bit. Um, so, but I adore the Gerald and Eddie Levert version, so I'll give them mm-hmm. 60 and I'll give Bette Midler um, 40. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so personal too, right? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's what I love about music. Thank you so much, Heather, for coming on my little show. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoy it. 
That's this week's episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan. I'm Stephanie Shanikan. Next time, we're looking at the song You Can't Hurry Love with my new friend Tom Flynn. We'll discuss the Supremes versus Phil Collins and the bridge they built between generations because we can all relate with the hope and sometimes the frustration of young love. Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan is produced by Caitlin McElwain, Janet Saidi, Ryan Famuliner, and Aaron Hay, with me, Stephanie Shanikan. Special thanks to Nat Kuhn, recording engineer at the University of Maryland. You can find more about this podcast on Twitter at KBIA and at VoxMag, and check out more about the podcast in the current issue of Vox Magazine at voxmagazine.com. See you next time.